0: Welcome to Irish Exit Everything. My name is Frank and in June, the Supreme Court, everyone's favorite unelected group of robe dinosaurs, was cranking out decisions like they were going out of business. They're not going out of business, unfortunately. The term was ending and they're going on summer vacation, which is exactly how decisions on our constitutional rights should be made at the last minute, right before mojito time. Obviously, one of the most horrendous decisions was the overturning of Roe v. Wade, which stripped away constitutional protection for folks trying to get an abortion. Let's be clear. Abortions may not currently be a constitutional right, just because they're not explicitly written in the Constitution, but abortions are very much a human right, and they'll continue to happen, illegally in many cases, in many states, and therefore more dangerous, but they'll still happen, as they always have. The Supreme Court simply made an already difficult decision even more difficult, harder to access, and more dangerous, for poor people in particular. But don't worry. If you give the Democrats a small donation of $10 or so, maybe they could do something about your rights. That was a joke. Don't give the Dems a dime. So that was one decision. But wait, there's more. The Supreme Court also struck down a New York law that restricted concealed carry in public because apparently folks have a constitutional right to carry a handgun in public for self-defense, but they can not defend their bodies from an unwanted pregnancy. I think it's pretty chill that a football coach was leading prayer on field right after a game because publicly pressuring your student athletes to join in a prayer out of fear of retaliation rather than their own individual beliefs isn't indoctrination, but a gay teacher mentioning their partner in the classroom is indoctrination. This just blurs the line between church and state even more. The Supreme Court ruled that states can step in and prosecute non-Native Americans for crimes committed on tribal land when the victim is Native American. Let's not forget that all land in the U.S. is indigenous land. And this threatens what little sovereignty indigenous peoples have, because tribal governments should have the only authority on their land. And this just further proves that the U.S. is still a colonialist settler state. The Supreme Court also limited the EPA's ability to regulate carbon emissions. They were like, yeah, you're the Environmental Protection Agency, but we're going to limit your ability to protect the environment, which just empowers the fossil fuel industry even more as we're on a speed run to the apocalypse. And the Supreme Court is letting Louisiana use a racially gerrymandered congressional district map. Even though one third of Louisiana's population is black, the Republican-drawn map packs black representation into a single district out of six. This is very clearly discriminatory and violates the Voting Rights Act. Alabama did the exact same thing, and the Supreme Court then was also like, meh, this shit is bananas. Now, each of these decisions deserve undivided attention on their own, but there's an overall theme to all of this, which is that our country continues to shift further and further to the right in terms of far-right conservatism. Bullets, babies, and borders. That's what the right wing cares about or says they care about, which really just means prioritizing private property and profit over people. And that's the status quo in the capitalist system, which you've heard me and many other people say over and over again. And that status quo has been oppressive for centuries for women, for people of color, indigenous people, the LGBTQ community poor people, but the current conservative majority on the Supreme Court are originalists, which means that they interpret the Constitution in a very literal sense, in the original context that it was written. So let's not forget that it was written by a bunch of slave-owning rich white dudes at a time when women couldn't vote and Black and Indigenous people were considered less than human. So this Supreme Court isn't just maintaining the status quo, they're actively trying to shift it further to the right which takes away more rights and freedoms from people in the interest of private property and profit. I have an episode that explains why banning abortions is all about controlling working-class people, and many of the people have similar arguments, but why do guns have more rights than people? Many gun owners, not all of them, but many of them, about 67%, according to the Pew Research Center, own a gun for protection. Now, I can understand that to an extent. We all have a right to defend ourselves. That's a human right. But for the gun owners who own a gun for protection, this question's for you. Protection from what? Protection from a thief? Someone trying to break into your home and steal your stuff? You want to protect your private property? Okay, then why don't we raise the minimum wage? Provide affordable housing for all? Improve economic conditions so there's no reason for anyone to break into your home and steal your stuff. Or maybe you need protection from someone trying to murder you. Okay, why are they trying to murder you? Let's provide a Medicare for all that includes mental health services. So things like therapy is actually accessible for everyone. Or maybe let's invest in social infrastructure, public property, things like libraries, parks, community gardens, things that encourage folks to get outside into their community and talk to each other. So we don't have to resort to guns. Or maybe you want a gun to protect yourself from a tyrannical government. If we ignore for a moment the myth that the Second Amendment was written by the founding father so that ordinary folks could overthrow a tyrannical government, I have another question for you. At what point is the government tyrannical? Our rights are under attack by the Supreme Court, the judicial branch of the government, of which three of the justices were put there by the previous president who did not win the popular vote and who tried to seal the 2020 election inciting an insurrection. And the legislative and executive branches of the government are doing nothing to stop them. So I'll let you ponder my question for a moment. But let's revisit this myth about the Second Amendment. There's a really good segment on the majority report with Sam Cedar, where they talk to historian and best-selling author Dr. Carol Anderson about the Second Amendment. I would highly encourage folks to watch that video for the whole argument. But essentially, think about the context in which the Second Amendment was written. Because context really fucking matters. It's 1791. White Americans have their independence, but slavery is still deeply entrenched in the U.S., and indigenous peoples are being displaced and exterminated, okay? A lot of Second Amendment advocates point to the words well-regulated militia as proof that folks have the right to bear arms to defend against a tyrannical government. But there's no mention of a tyrannical government in the Second Amendment. There's mention of security, There was an understanding in 1791 that a standing army was a big indicator of a tyrannical government. So there was no federal army in 1791. States had their own militias that the federal government could call upon, and slave owners had slave patrols. So what did a well-regulated militia mean at that time? It meant that slave owners could mobilize their slave patrols and the state militias, if necessary, to quash slave revolts. That was a security issue at that time because their private property and profit were at risk, both their plantation and their labor force. There's no mention of a tyrannical government in the Second Amendment because that wasn't a concern at the time. That's just a myth that gun owners have held on to. And whatever the hell well-regulated meant in 1791, guns certainly aren't well-regulated now. Just a few days after the Supreme Court struck down the concealed carry restrictions in New York, President Biden signed the first major gun safety legislation passed by Congress in nearly 30 years. But major legislation is an overstatement because it doesn't do much. Because gun culture is deeply rooted in this country. And those roots start at using guns to protect private property and profit. Gun ownership may or may not be part of the problem. I personally don't care if you own a gun. The problem is gun violence. We're out here killing each other. There's an estimated 390 million guns in American hands, and yet our rights are still being stripped away. Guns aren't the answer. You really want to defend yourself? Then organize with your coworkers, with your community, protest, strike, politically mobilize, and mutual aid. I've been seeing a lot of TikToks of people saying the government doesn't care about your cute little posters. And that's partially true. They don't care if you protest for a weekend, they don't care if you protest for two weekends. They don't care if we protest for a month because protesting by itself isn't enough. We have to keep building pressure in the streets, in the workplace, disrupt the system as much as possible. Don't let them forget our demands and then vote for real working class representatives at the ballot box. And let's be honest, that's not going to be Republicans or Democrats. You might be thinking, well, those are the only two options. It doesn't have to be. Regardless of what you want to do with the court, whether it's expanding it and packing it with more liberals, which I would not recommend, the court's been expanded before and look where we are now, or maybe you want to abort the court, which is preferable but a lot more difficult. Neither of those things are possible if the Democrats and the Republicans are in charge because they both protect the status quo using procedural security blankets like the filibuster. A filibuster should not stand in the way of our freedoms. Listen, things change over time. There's no denying that. So our society should shift with it. And it's up to the working class to guide that shift towards protecting all people. And the only way to do that is together. The courts won't save us. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time.